Hey there, and welcome to episode 18 of the Insert Coin Theater podcast. We are finally back after a prolonged hiatus. Our last episode was way too long ago. I can't even remember how long exactly, but it's great to be back. I'm very excited to be bringing you guys yet another episode. We have a lot of catching up to do and a lot of games to talk about. It's been a crazy couple of weeks. We are currently, and I don't like dating these, but I kind of got to date this just because of how long the hiatus was in between episodes. It's the 22nd of February, and we just had Apex Legends, Anthem, and Crackdown 3, which are all three games I have played, just dropped. And I know that there's more games that came out, like Metro Exodus and the like, but I haven't had a chance to play those yet. So we're going to go ahead and dive in. We're going to start with a little bit of where I've been. But that said, we are going to go ahead and have a little bit of a pause here. And this will be where I normally would insert the intro. For those who are listening uh, in the audio version of this, I'm doing a video recording of this for posterity's sake to see how this will work in a video setting. So please forgive me if I say some things that don't really apply to you guys regarding the video aspect of it because the video people are going to be sitting here watching me. You guys get the completed version where it's going to have the intro audio nicely cut in and all that stuff, whereas our lovely video viewers don't have an intro yet. I don't have a video intro made for this thing. So that said, if you'll bear with me, let's start the show. Welcome back. The show has started, and as planned, it seems to have worked. The audio seems to be okay, I think. So hopefully everything's fine in that regard, guys. So hopefully the audio quality is nice for you guys. I have made some changes to the way things work on my end. I got a new microphone, and uh, so there's, there's some new audio setup going on. Uh, thanks to the lovely viewers over on the Insert Coin Theater live streams over on Mixer, which will soon be resuming on Twitch and Facebook and even possibly YouTube in the near future, I was able to afford to upgrade some of the audio equipment, including a nice boom arm for the microphone, a good, sh excuse me, a good shock mount, some, a new monitor, a monitor stand, all sorts of really cool goodies that I've been kind of geeking out about lately, and it's really, really cool. So, that said, we are on episode 18, and it's so very exciting to be back. I really have missed doing this. This is something that I really love and enjoy and have a lot of passion for. I've just been extremely busy, and I can't quite go into detail just yet. I'll be able to soon, I hope, within the next few weeks. But I'm hoping to squeeze this podcast in as much as I can during the next few weeks, I can't guarantee a steady schedule, unfortunately, so I'm really sorry about that. I was recording on Saturdays, I think it was, or Sundays or something like that. My stream schedule has gotten shuffled around since then. Uh, I now currently, uh, as of like yesterday, I'm going to be streaming on 
weekends only. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because I'm pulling 14 hour days on a lot of stuff and it's really wearing on me and wearing me out. So I don't want to burn myself out on the things that I love, including and especially this podcast and the live stream and all that stuff. So the biggest goal that I have is to make sure that I am staying energized and that I can deliver the best content that I possibly can. So it's it's a pleasure to be back, and I hope you guys are excited that we are back live because I really genuinely missed you guys. I This sort of thing is so near and dear to my heart. I missed doing it all the time that I didn't do it while I was building the live stream, and now that we've gotten the live stream to a pretty healthy part, we are just shy of 20,000 followers on the live stream, which is mind-bogglingly huge for what I do and for my style. I mean, this is me after all. I'm just, I'm honored and I don't, I just don't, I don't have words. I don't know what to say except for thank you guys for supporting me so very much. It's been awesome and I'm looking forward to creating more and more content with you guys and for you guys. And it's, there's a lot of good things coming. Trust me. There's, I've got some big news coming up that I can't really talk about either. I know there's a lot of things that I can't really talk about right now. And that's, that's frustrating to me because I'm, I'm very transparent guy. I'm, I just, I'm very much into telling you guys what I'm doing and what's going on in my life. And I can't do that with like 50% of what's up. So it's, it's unfortunate, but we have to kind of roll with it because of NDAs and, uh, personal things and, uh, other other reasons, which, like I said, I'll get into as soon as I can. I promise you that is the goal. That is the idea. We just aren't there yet. So please bear with me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And with that said, let's dive into some games. There've been a lot of game releases recently, and I'm excited because we had like three games released on the same day, Crackdown 3, Metro Exodus, and Anthem, I think, um, hit hit the Origin Access premiere early. So very interesting, so very cool to have three huge games releasing on the same day. Now, Anthem kind of launched with lukewarm results. People a little unhappy about it because it's a very kind of generic looter shooter, and we'll get into that in a minute. I wanted to start by saying the three games that I played, Apex Legends, which launched two weeks ago, uh, Crackdown 3 and Anthem. Those are the three games that I've played, that I've been playing, and they are fun. I enjoy them. And let me give you some some background on these. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with Apex Legends since I came out first. Apex Legends is actually a really solid BR. And as you guys know, I wasn't a big fan of BRs for the longest time. Not a huge lover of the battle royale titles. And I don't know, it's it's hard for me to put my finger on, but I genuinely enjoy Apex Legends. And I, honestly, I genuinely enjoy Fortnite. Don't get me wrong. I, I was very much into playing Fortnite for a little while, but the problem with Fortnite is they change the meta weekly. And you can't get used to it, especially considering I play once a week. So every week, it's like playing a totally different game. Very frustrating. And the aspect of building precludes your ability to be a good shot or have good tactics. If you're a good builder, you can outdo just about anybody. And that that's a little frustrating, especially in a BR where you have one life and your squad is re- relying on you. Apex flips that on its head. There's no building. It's very much like Titanfall. It's set in the same universe, which is really exciting. So if you've played Titanfall 2, this feels pretty right at home. 
There's a little bit of parkour. You can like jump around and climb stuff, which is nice. Uh, there's also uh, power sliding, which is so cool and so useful. The weapons are really interesting and unique. There's a ton of attachments, and there are a lot of like little systems and things in place that make the game very fluid and very smooth. That including your attachments. Attachments will automatically attach to a weapon, um, the best attachment that can go on it. And if you swap weapons, any attachments that work from your old gun will automatically be put on your new gun, which is so nice. And it's it's a cool feature. And there's little things like that all throughout that just like ooze quality of life. And that's really nice. And it's fascinating because this game was a sleeper, right? It came out of nowhere. It was just a total surprise. They were just like, hey guys, here, have a BR. Enjoy. And everyone was just like, blah. And ever since, people have been hooked on it. Now, the question is of longevity. The game is fun, but the star that bright burns brightest shines. Wait, I don't. I, what am I? What am I saying? I'm getting my metaphor wrong. The star that burns brightest burns shortest, I think is what it is. I could be wrong there. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let me know. <laughs> but that said, yeah, it's it's a fascinating game, but we're, I'm worried about the longevity of the thing. Can they continue to put Fortnite on its toes or will people fall back to Fortnite because it's very much kid friendly and more kids will be playing it? Fortnite definitely had an impact on gaming in general, overall, like it changed the way that a lot of people look at games. And that's, that's a fact. I mean, a lot of parents uh, changed their their perspective on gaming because their kids started playing Fortnite. I know a, a lot of parents who never touched video games or never touched online games playing Fortnite with their kids because it was something to play with them and something to do with them and a, uh, a way to connect and spend time together. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I don't know. I just I, I am absolutely blown away by the impact of Fortnite and I, I hope Apex Legends can have that sort of impact for the adult crowd. Because the adult crowd is looking for something that isn't so cartoony, that isn't so focused on building like Minecraft or something like that. Like it's it, Apex Legends is very much a it's closer to PUBG than it is Fortnite. So it's a very much fly in, land, loot your stuff, get your weapons, get your attachments, get get all the ammo you can and go and kill the other teammate uh, team players and the it does a really good job at it it does a way better job than PUBG did at, at launch and i think it does a better job than PUBG does now and i i'm excited about that and that's very fun for me and very i don't know just very appealing and I, like i said i'm not a huge br guy i'm just very excited to see something come and at least add to the genre I wish they had more game modes. I wish that they would make it more of a proper FPS. I would lose my mind if they added a deathmatch mode, uh, like an arena-style combat mode. The game begs for it, in my opinion. The way the weapons are set up, the way the attachments are set up. like It would be interesting to see them turn a tried-and-true combat deathmatch, team deathmatch-type deal into something that really is new and fresh. I like battle royales, but they are overdone almost at this point. They're the new zombie game. In my opinion, everybody's doing them and I see why, because they're the hot thing right now, but that could change in a heartbeat. It's just, it's nice. I know why it's popular and that's because it's something different and new 
everyone's tired of Team Deathmatch, Capture the Flag. All the all the traditional game styles are there, and they're in almost every game. So why not do something different? My problem is I feel like it is still just a game mode. BR is a game mode. They need to have more around it. They need to have more game modes to go with it to make it feel like a complete experience to me. Apex is fun. It's a blast with friends. But I feel like that in terms of content, there's just not enough there to keep me consistently playing it. If they add a deathmatch uh, TDM, that would be my go-to shooter, hands down. Because sometimes I just like to switch off and do some mindless deathmatch. Like, genuinely, it's much more fun for me to do that than to have to find a squad or get into a squad with randos. Then you've got all the stress of you are a, an important link on a team, etc., etc. Another problem that I have is the game only operates with three players. There is no single or duo group. The, it, the squad is three, and there is no more, there is no less. Fortnite has squads duos and singles as well as the ability to do limited time modes like trios and stuff like that that's where my concern comes in is that they limit you and they haven't quite come up with that solution and i don't know why they didn't think about that because i feel like that's a little short-sighted uh i would love to solo play some some matches on this and not have to rely on teammates who tend to just go wander off and do their own thing and ignore you as a teammate. The pinging system is amazing in this game, by the by. If you've not heard of the pinging system, it is a very robust system that lets you ping ammo, weapons, enemies, etc. And it just makes a static ping where it is. And what's really cool is it's very in-depth. If you, if you ping an item or ammo, you can call dibs on it and it makes it show up more permanently on your HUD. You can go find it and pick it up. It's really cool. Uh, it has like the option to like, if somebody drops something and you pick it up, you can hit a button to say thanks to them for dropping it. And things like little things like that is so nice. It's such a nice set of features that we haven't really seen in a game. And it makes it so that even if you don't have a microphone or you're not with a squad of your friends, you can, you can communicate. It's powerful. It's such a good thing that we've been lacking in shooters for a very long time. So I'm very, very pleased with that. That's something that's super duper good. That's a definite pro on the game. Another pro is it's free. It ain't going to cost you anything to get involved. It's it's awesome. I'm so excited about it. Now, let me let me let me disclose that I was given a founder's key by EA. I'm an EA game changer. Uh, since this is an EA game, they had an op opportunity for me to take that uh Founder's key, so I redeemed it on my Xbox. So take that as you will. If you see me as biased or what have you, that's fine. But I'm letting you know where I stand with it. That said, it, the game does have some problems. It's not perfect. I feel like the map is a teeny bit too small. That's my point of view. I feel like there's not enough space. You land, and I would say nine times out of ten, you are in combat within a minute of landing. And that's really frustrating because oftentimes I die. I don't want to die immediately in any game. I don't find that fun. I find that very tedious and boring to have to go all the way back to the menu, go through all the end screens, get your experience, yada, yada, and then queue back up and wait for another server to come, come open. That's very, very frustrating to me. I wish that if it were a little bit bigger or it had more areas that were like obviously... Not hotspots, but I feel like everything is a hotspot in this game. You land and there is there is combat to be had. I mean, you could land in the middle of nowhere, but then you don't get weapons. And there, 
there are some problems with a couple of the guns, speaking of weapons, like uh, the Mozambique, which is a handheld shotgun, and it sucks. It, <laughs> it has a very small clip, does very little damage, and it uses shotgun rounds. And you find a lot of them. You do. There's a lot to be found there of the Mozambique, and I'm not a big fan. Um, I think I think that if they would make the gun a little more powerful, um, even if it was the same clip size or a bigger clip size with the same power, or if they let you dual wield it, it would be a much more viable solution. I'm not necessarily saying one hit kills because none of the shotguns really do that except for the uh, the Peacekeeper uh, fully charged up, and that thing is a beast if you've got it fully kitted out. But that said, the Mozambique really sucks. The P2020 really sucks. Some of the weapons are not great. And I think they have a long way to go in tweaking and balancing some of the weapons, especially the lower tier ones, um, like the the light ammo ones. The clips are just too small. And that's, that's an overall complaint that I have for the whole game. The clip sizes are really, really tiny, and they don't feel satisfying at all. You get into a combat, and you pop a few rounds, and your clip is empty. You The reload time is much longer than it takes to fire off your gun. And I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. I don't know if that's intentional by design or if that was just kind of an oversight, but I feel like your clip sizes are way too small, and I wish that they were a little bit bigger. With that said, I highly recommend Apex Legends. I really do. As a BR, it is a solid entry. It's fun to play with your friends. Not as fun to play solo or with even a a team of duos, especially because uh, the person that you get paired with or teamed with usually will just wander off and do their own thing, and then you lose. So it's very, very difficult to operate in this game unless you have a squad of three. I have had wins playing just by myself and getting in with a a group, it does happen. So I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not saying avoid it just because of that. But the warning is be careful. Uh, It it does get a bit irritating to have to deal with random people, as always in an online multiplayer game. But the pinging system does help that a lot. So I would say it's worthwhile to give it a shot and see how that goes, uh, honestly. I think it's worth your time and energy because it's free and it won't cost you anything and you may get hooked. Uh, much like how Fortnite operates. It's it's one of those deals. So I say give it a go. You won't be out anything if you uh, uh, if you dive on it, truly. So give it a shot. Right here is where I normally would break for a word from our sponsors. We're going to go ahead and do that for the audio version of the show. So to the audio listeners, we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. To the video listeners, you're going to hear me fumbling around with this for a few minutes until we get a better system to figure all this out. So that said, stick around and say hello to our sponsors because it's great that we can do that now thanks to Anchor. So uh, shout out to Anchor, now owned by Spotify, which is super cool too. That said, let's go over to our sponsors. And welcome back. Thank you for your patience, and thank you for listening to a word from our lovely, lovely sponsors. It's time that we talk about some more new games, because that's pretty much what this episode is going to be. It's cram full of new games. Pretty exciting. So we're going to talk about first Anthem. Oh boy, this one's an interesting one, because EA is the target for a lot of hate for really no good reason, in my opinion. Okay, there's a little bit of reason. So there, there is decent reason to dislike them. I don't think there's a reason to hate them. They are a corporation and capitalism, you know, the whole thing. Here is 
my thoughts on EA before we dive into this. So lately, a lot of people have been just railing on Anthem just because they don't like EA and they're, they're looking for reasons to dislike them. Anthem itself is not that bad of a game. It's not great. It's not amazing. And it's definitely not what I expected from a Bioware title. As a game as a service, a la Destiny or The Division, it's, it's early. It's very early to tell much about what this game is going to do and where it's headed. And I'll, I'll disclose, again, I'm an EA game changer. I did not receive a key for this. I actually pay for Origin Access Premiere on my PC so that I could play this game early and kind of get a feel for it. The game is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. It is one of the prettiest games that I've played in a good long while. That said, it has a lot of problems. And right off the bat, you notice them. There are a ton of visual and graphical glitches. The load times are insane. There's like a million load screens. Let me give you an example. You start the game. You get into a cutscene. You talk to a guy or what what have you. You go to load in to edit your, uh, to modify your javelin, which is like your mech suit. Uh, and then you you load into that. You pop out. You, you load in. You go do a mission. You get a load screen for that. You go to the mission. If the mission has multiple pieces in different areas, you load into those areas too. So there's more load screens there. And then once the mission completes, you get a load screen to go to the final screen, uh, which shows you your experience gain, your item gain, etc. And then you go back, say you want to go to the forge to modify your javelin again. You can go directly to the forge after a load screen. And then after you're done with the forge, you get another load screen to get back to the city. It's a little frustrating. There's a lot of load screens, and they are very, very long, especially if you have the graphics turned all the way up. It's something very important to keep an eye on. And, you know, normally I wouldn't generally be too upset with that sort of thing, but it is such a hugely noticeable thing. And when you're trying to play with people, it's very irritating because you'll load in, and if your machine is loading slower, like if it's not installed on an SSD or something like that, if you're on a regular HDD for your game files, which I am, I don't typically load things on SSD just because I don't want to use the space for that. I want to use it for other things. But when you put the SS put it on an HDD, the load times are insane. And you load in, and then the people that you're playing with are already loaded in and moving, you know, they're 10 million miles away. The problem is, is that if you get too far away from your team and they get into an area like uh, where there's combat, it'll actually tell you that you're too far away from the mission area. And it'll, after 10 seconds, if you're not near enough, it'll teleport you there. And you get another load screen. It's load screen bonanza in this game. And it's so annoying. It's like... If the world wasn't lo like, what are they loading? And if someone did uh, a visual like check on, uh, they, they ran like a meter or something on their system that showed like hard drive reads. And they said that it unloaded and loaded the entire game's assets multiple times during their play time. That's crazy. Like, to load an area, you have to unload the entirety of the game to be able to do that. That's that's a big flaw. That's a big issue. And I think uh, I think they've got a long way to go to fix that. And that's, that's one of my biggest gripes. The other gripe is that the combat is a little simplistic. Uh, the enemies are not varied. There's not a lot there. Hold on. My back is a... 
I'm stretching out my back a little bit. So for the uh, people watching or like seeing me kind of squirm, it's because my back is starting to seize up because I have a I have a bit of a bad back because of bad posture. So I'm trying to straighten that out. So that said, the weapons are are kind of meh. There's like a sniper rifle, a shotgun, uh, a machine pistol, a heavy pistol, um, uh, uh, DMR, other other weapons like that. Like there's not a ton of stuff out there that's impressive in this game. And I've, I've put probably eight hours into it and I have not had anything that made me go, whoa, like the abilities made me go, whoa, the abilities are very cool. You can actually get special abilities based on your javelin. For example, I play a storm javelin. I can actually use like almost like spells. Like I can, I can, depending on wh what I equip, I could do like a, an area that freezes enemies. It explodes ice and freezes enemies in place. And then if I hit them with like lightning or something, it gives me a combo. Things like that. And I can do individual attacks, like uh, shoot fireball, like a fireball at, at an enemy. Um, things like that. There, there are some really cool features, and visually it's beautiful. Like the explosion effects, the particle effects, all that stuff is just... It melts your mind. It's so cool. And the, the cool factor is nice. And the, the traversal is so nice. Like hopping... You run, you jump, you hit shift, and you're flying. And it's limited... Unfortunately, I wish it was less limited. It feels very, very limited, but it's limited, and um, you know you overheat after a while of flying, and so you have to like land and and um, cool down. And one of the cool things is if you fly close to water or you fly at a downward angle, it actually will prevent you from gaining heat and overheating. And if you dive in water, it instantly cools you, and you can you can fly back out. Um, and th there's some really cool stuff. Vertic verticality is nice. Uh, the the ability to go underwater for certain things is pretty nice. Like there's a lot of really cool features in this game, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot to do. Everything feels kind of rinse and repeat. A lot of it is go to this place, uh, defend these people. Go to this place and uh, stand while a thing runs. Go to this place, kill specific enemy. Go to this place, move item A to, uh, to spot B. There's not a lot of variety outside of that. There's really not. And I think that's really kind of disappointing, especially considering it's Bioware. Like, I expected them to have a much deeper uh, gameplay experience than that because, I mean, Mass Effect had a ton of, of deep gameplay to be had. Um, and I mean, even story wise, I feel a little disappointed because the story is only two branches, two choices in a lot of places, and they don't have any real effect on the story. It's just how you want it to, how you, you know, want your character to sound. But beyond that, it really, there's nothing special about the story choices. And I was very, very disappointed by that. I really wish they would rethink that but I think it's too late at this point and that's kind of irritating to me uh, the game itself is not an overall disappointment but there are certain aspects that really weigh it down in terms of the longevity of the thing for me I'm pretty stoked that it's out and that I got to play it early thanks to EA uh, or Origin Access Premiere but I'm glad I didn't have to buy the game at full price because I personally couldn't recommend this game at full price to anybody. Anybody that said, hey, is it worth the money? I would say, eh, if you have Origin Access Premiere, yes, for the 15 bucks a month or whatever it is, which gets you like Battlefield Five and all their, all their new releases pretty much uh, you get as part of it and you can play the full game. Not really an ad or anything, just kind of letting you know what the features are of it. Um, but that said... I 
I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like it's not worth the sixty dollar price tag, especially considering that there's microtransactions in it, which is a problem. Uh, the they're kind of expensive, like for a set of for a vinyl decal that you can apply to your javelin. It's like three bucks or something like that. And then if you want like a full set of armor for a specific javelin, it's like eight dollars and fifty cents or something. Like that's a bit much. I feel like I feel like there's a lot of double dipping going on there, and I feel like that's very not Bioware. There's a very good chance it's not Bioware. There's a very good chance that this was generated by EA and Bioware is just following suit. But with that said, it's it is very disappointing, and it's it feels a little cash grubby to me, especially considering how limited the stuff in the store is. There's not a lot there. It has a long way to go to really be a valuable proposition, much less for $8.50. And I mean, yes, you can get everything for free if you work for it, but is, per my argument against Rainbow Six Siege, is it worth it? I don't feel like it's worth it, the amount of time you have to sink to be able to unlock it. Like somebody said like 22 hours to unlock one of the armor sets or something like that. That is... That's stupid. I I don't get it. Like you're you're literally I, I don't I don't understand. You gave them sixty dollars. You gave them money, and they make you work like literal work because it gets grindy as hell. You do literal work on it, and that gets frustrating and very repetitive and very annoying, if I may say so. I think that's that always turns me off from games because my time's limited as a as a person who works full time. Um, and somebody who is looking for at content creation as a variety broadcaster, I create a lot of content around variety games, and I spend a lot of time in, in podcasts. Uh, I'll be, hopefully, after the next few weeks, I'll be able to start doing MSIS again. And I've got a couple other podcasts that I'm looking at, possibly being part of or beginning, and other things that are content-related. Like, I, my time is limited, and for them to so callously say, this is only for the hardcore players, is very frustrating. It's like, it's either... You're either a hardcore player or you're paying us. I don't I don't like that. I don't enjoy that feeling. It feels like all I am to them is a whale or a shark or whatever they want to call it. And I don't know, they they just they have those terms that are just like almost like dehumanizing of me as a consumer, and that's really frustrating to me. I mean, Rockstar is the same thing. They don't they don't care about you as a consumer. <laughs> they care about your wallet and what money you can generate for them. And that's what this feels a little like. And maybe I'm soapboxing here. Maybe I'm projecting a little. I don't know. That's not my goal. My overall goal is to just make the point that this is really frustrating. Like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say in a meaningful way that I feel a little taken advantage of when they do this sort of thing, especially considering my time is so limited. I feel obligated to either buy in or just not play. And that is a risk that they take. And if it were free to play, I'd be all over it. I would say... Heck yes, uh, count me in, give me the opportunity to work to buy it, or I'll give you a 10 bucks for a really cool javelin frame. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you three bucks for a really cool vinyl I like. Like that sort of thing is ideal. But when it comes to actually a $60 purchase, more than that, if you buy, you know, the higher end stuff or what have you, uh, I'm not okay with it, man. I'm just, I don't, I don't feel good. It doesn't make me feel good. And that's my big problem is they don't give you a proposition to feel good about. They give you a proposition that makes them happy. 
that makes their stockholders happy. And it's like, I don't care about your stockholders. What I care about is having a meaningful, rewarding experience that I can invest myself in. Because I don't have any qualms with sinking a ton of time into a game on stream and off stream as long as it feels rewarding and worthwhile. And this sort of thing does not feel rewarding or worthwhile. That's why I'm telling people to avoid it until they get their act together, which there is a very good chance all this stuff could change. It is a game as a service, as it were, a la Destiny, a la uh, The Division. Things can change drastically after launch. They will add new features. They will add new abilities. They will add new javelin frames. They will add new content. Hopefully the in-game content improves. I have heard nothing but negative things about in-game. There's nothing to do. That said, the game isn't technically in full release until, I guess today it is technically in full release on the 22nd here of February, which is their official release date for uh, the non-EA premiere and the people that burned through their 10 hours of on EA Access and Origin Access. So that's an interesting thing to me. And I don't know, the game The game seems really promising, and it's fun, and I, I will play it again. I just won't necessarily invest myself in it like I would with, like, say, something like World of Warcraft, where it is a subscription fee, but you're getting your money's worth, and there's no pay-to-win, there's no buying of over-the-topness. Like, WoW Classic is going to represent a lot to me, which we can talk about another day, because... Uh, actually, we might talk about it this episode uh, towards the end because I do have some concerns about WoW Classic and we can talk about Activision as well with their uh, insanity uh, that just recently happened. But that said, let's talk about Crackdown 3. Crackdown 3. So Crackdown 3 is actually surprisingly nice. Uh, you may have heard all the negative reviews it was getting. People were saying it's garbage it's terrible it's totally unenjoyable it's not fun blah 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 i disagree if you're looking for a game that's video game junk food something that will will fill you up and not necessarily leave you sustained but give you that sugar rush of fun crackdown 3 is for you if you've ever played crackdown 1 crackdown 2 it's very similar in a lot of ways it's a little uh weakened watered down maybe compared to crackdown 2 but it's still a very fun experience the story is completely non-existent unimportant you don't need to pay attention to it i don't pay any attention to the story i literally started skipping cutscenes because it's like just defeat the big bad and uh by by defeating all of the big bad's lieutenants that's it that's pretty much the whole story and i, I that's not even spoilery that's literally they lay that out right in the first like five minutes of the game so it's something that is very obvious, like you just you're you're running around, you're pretty much liberating zones of the city, and then you're gonna go fight the big bad. I haven't quite finished it yet, so I don't know for sure, but in terms of fun, it's just like it's fun to go and punch things as Terry Crews and use um, over the top weapons and um, just do really silly things with the game and and like just the the stuff you can do is just so wild and over the top, um, ground pounds, super high jumps. Uh, blowing up like just explosions galore and i don't know it's it's junk food entertainment it really is it's it's what you'd grab to go see the latest transformers film you'd grab grab your popcorn and just enjoy it's very fun it's not super linear which is nice it's a bit it's a sandbox you kind of tackle things at your own rate um but it's fun and I, I don't expect anything deep out of it or anything too like over the top just look into it to have a good time 
Excuse me. Oh my goodness. That was unexpected. My bad. Oh man. Let me take a sip of my drink because that'll help. Sorry about that. Was not expecting a cough. It just kind of sneaked up on me. <clears throat> but that said, yeah, I'm so professional on this show to those who are listening on the audio version of the podcast. They're like, oh my God, Tim, you're you're the worst podcaster ever. Yeah, probably. I would agree with that. Uh, that said, <laughs> um, Crackdown 3 is fun. And anybody who says otherwise obviously was looking for something deeper than they got. And honestly, like the mechanics are solid. It's not super buggy. It's not outrageously challenging. I have it on the normal mode. And it's not like I'm I'm beating my head against the wall trying to, to defeat the game. It's it's just, it's fun. It's junk food for gaming. And it, it does a good job of making you feel like, hey, this is a game. <laughs> and sometimes you need that. It's a great way to switch your brain off and just... Just kill enemies and, and do, you know, objectives that are super easy to follow. Yeah, I I don't have any much else to say about it. Like, it's nothing, like I said, it's not that deep. There's nothing, like, glaringly awful about it, but there's nothing glaringly amazing about it. It's just, it just is. So I would, I would honestly, I would recommend playing it. I got Game Pass for it. It was like two bucks for Xbox Game Pass for a month to play it. I'm, I'm honestly liking it. It's fun, and it doesn't feel crappy. So kudos to them, because that's that's what Crackdown is. It's like the, the Saints Row games, right? It's like not that deep. It's just over-the-top, silly fun, and that's what Crackdown feels like, and I, I kind of needed something like that. I haven't had anything like that in a while. Like There hasn't been a good Saints Row game. Saints Row, the, uh, Saints Row 4 was kind of garbage. I didn't enjoy it at all. And there hasn't really been a mindless game like that or like Mercenaries or any of that stuff. Like if you remember the Mercenaries series, like nothing that's just mindless. Switch off your brain and blow it all up kind of fun. Uh, yeah, so I, w I would honestly say give it a go. See if you like it. If you have Xbox Game Pass, you can get it on PC as well because it's, it's Play Anywhere. Uh, and I've been playing it on, P on wow on PC and it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. It's uh it's one of those deals that I don't regret picking it up and I'm actually probably going to finish it on Sunday. So this upcoming weekend I'm going to try to finish it up because why not? Okay, I think that this is a good place to stop for a second sponsor slot if if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that on Anchor. We'll find out. But hopefully you guys aren't too fed up with these. But we'll talk about Activision after this short break. And uh, we'll come back and we, we'll I'll fill you guys in on what happened with Activision. I'm sure you heard about it. It's a little ridiculous. Uh, for those of you listening on the audio side of things, sit tight and we'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back after that Lovely word from our sponsors, hopefully, after a word from our sponsors. I, I don't know for sure. Uh, but that said, thank you guys for hanging out with me today and listening to me ramble about games. Now, let's talk about Activision. You guys may have heard this. Activision Blizzard laid off 8% uh, of their workforce, somewhere around there, almost 800 people. After a record-earning year, they earned a lot of money this past year. And they cut down on 800 employees, laid off a bunch of developers, artists, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, uh, to help bring things into line uh, on and and maximize their profits. I think is what what the what the wording was. I don't know for sure, but from my understanding, the 
ever so lovely CEO got a $30 million bonus or something like that. <sighs> this sort of thing is capitalism at its finest. Now, I'm not one to, to normally rail against it because it is what powers our economy, but pure, unfettered, capitalistic greed is insane to me. And that, that's part of why unions were created, right? Unions were created in an effort to help uh, guarantee employees certain rights and stability without having to worry about losing everything at the whims of greedy CEOs. And I think that's where... This right here is what unions were built for. To guarantee people certain certain entitlements, certain uh, guarantees if they are laid off, that they can continue to survive and work by getting, um, they might get severance or uh, some kind of a package that helps them to continue to feed their families after they're laid off rather than just having to go find a job immediately without having necessarily any uh, recompense for the whims of the business. Now, that said, I don't really want to get into the politics of the thing too much right now, but um, I do want to say gamers, uh, game developers, unionize. You guys got to do that. We, we need to get a gamers union in because this sort of thing is brutal. 800 talented developers, uh, um, and that includes artists, writers, musicians, everything, uh, uh, people from their esports team, um, all of that, they, they all lost jobs, and that's disgusting to me, um, especially considering that they had a record earnings year, but certain franchises weren't operating to their uh, liking in terms of profits, and that's part of why they did this. And now I can kind of see that side of things, but to give their CEO a $30 million bonus on top of it that 30 million dollars could have easily paid 800 workers for the year that's crazy to me their ceo already makes a a he makes he makes a lot of money every year a 30 million dollar bonus is insanity to me and i feel like that is just pure motivated greed and if you take a look at nintendo during their economic downturn, um, when the Wii U was not selling very well, uh, their CEO actually took a pay cut. Uh, I think he cut his pay in half or something to pay the employees to keep the company afloat so they didn't have to lay off a bunch of workers. Now, I don't know if they did it out of nobility or if they did it out of law requirements, but regardless of that, that is the way to go. That $30 million would have kept everybody working in Fed and... You know, you don't have to let people go to make changes. I this this topic just honestly just fills me with rage and it's so very frustrating to me that Activision Blizzard would do that. And it's not surprising. I mean, Activision has been nothing but greedy in the past 5-10 years. People give EA a lot of crap. Activision has been the beacon of avarice <laughs> and it's 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 crazy to me and uh, if you look at I, i'm i'm getting i'm getting ranty here so i'm trying to i'm trying to rein it in because i know in the past i have uh i've gone off on a soapbox and i mean i could easily soapbox again if i really wanted to but just the the, the disgusting greed of it all is just 
so aggravatingly stupid. It would just be so simple to say for for him as a CEO who makes nearly a million dollars a year, what are you going to do with a million dollars a year? If I had a million dollars, I could pay off every debt I have and still have like 800 grand left, if not more than that. Like, give me a freaking break, dude. I, I don't know. I guess he needs another yacht. Maybe that's what it is. I just feel like there's no defense for this. I, I feel like it's it's nothing but sheer greed, unadulterated disgust and lack of empathy for your employees. That's that's what kills me the most about this is the lack of empathy. Is the fact that the CEO was willing to have a a call with his investors uh a shareholder call or what, what have you and tell them we had record money. We had a record money making year. And during the same exact time, 800 people lost their jobs is disgusting. It's gross. It is stupid. It's so dumb. And I just, I'm at a loss for words here. I just don't even know what to say. It's just this, this absolute, disregard and disrespect for the employees that made this company what it is. That's what's frustrating. And they didn't let, let just new people go. They let people go that had been there for a very long time too. And that's, that's what irritates me is that like, there's no sense of allegiance. There's no sense of respect. There's no sense of, of honoring what these people did for this company. They just axed them. They don't care. And that's what's really frustrating about this. And I, again, I know I'm ranting. I'm not presenting any facts here. Uh, there is no facts to present outside of the fact that this is pure corporate greed and it's disgusting. And all I can say is game devs unionize. That's all I can say. They've, they've got to do something to protect themselves. And the only way to do that is if they come together and and they have a representative to sit at the at the bargaining table to represent them and say, look, if you lay us off, then you have to give us X amount of money to cover, uh, you know, for three months, six months, a year after you let us go. That would really discourage them from letting people go willy nilly like this. They would be a lot more choosy with who they let go and why. And rather than it being just some sort of you got to cut this many people or you got to save this much money or, or what have you on on payroll, it would be, oh, man, this is going to cost us, you know. $2 million to let 800 people go or, or $3 million to let 800 people go. We probably shouldn't do that. That might help fix things a little bit. I'm not saying that necessarily makes it right. And I'm not necessarily, uh, they're not hurting for money. They're making a really good money. They had a record year for earnings. There, there just is no excuse. I don't know. It just makes me sad. It hurts. It hurts me a little bit to even think about, to be totally honest with you. But I don't know. I just, what can I say? I, there's, I've got nothing else except for that this is gross and Activision, you kind of suck for that. And I mean, look at uh, people. Okay, so <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of tangenting here, so I'm pivoting a little bit. But so people defend Bungie a lot for um, the issues with Destiny, Destiny 2, the, the, the weird choices for microtransactions and monetization. But... I would like to say that uh, Bungie's at fault for 
uh, for getting in bed with Activision in the first place. And this is obvious why, because they don't care about their developers. They don't care about the people they work with. They care about money and bottom line. And this has been something that's been known for a while, but it's made itself obvious and visible in a way that hasn't been before. And that is, that is where we are right now. So Bungie broke away from Activision. Good for them, but they're just as guilty as Activision for sheer naked greed. Uh, I know that was a tangent, but that's been on my mind for a while. I had to get it out there because I know there's a lot of Destiny fanboys. I actually had somebody... Uh, fun story. So on stream, I was talking about this in general, about Bungie leaving uh, Activision and stuff. And uh, there, was a, there was a person who got really upset that um, I was harping on on Bungie. He didn't like that I was harping on Bungie and Destiny, and uh, um, so he got he got really upsetty, and it was it was pretty funny um, in a lot of ways. But it was it also told me that um, that there are still defenders out there of Bungie and of Activision, and it's it's insanity to me. I just don't understand how you can you can support a company that does nothing but uh, fleece its customers and try to milk every last dime out of their pockets that they can. And you know maybe Bungie will change. Maybe they learn their lesson. Maybe they'll they'll change things up. I think they're getting back into bed with Microsoft, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Microsoft has actually been doing right by gamers lately. Uh, take a look at like Game Pass and and games. But I just I, I I'm not so quick to forgive Bungie. I really am not. They they made their mistakes. They made their bed. Now they got to lie in it. And I think that people should hold them to task for what they did. And if they come out with another Destiny title. Honestly, I hope it flops because I think Destiny needs to go away. I personally think Destiny has been milked uh, for all it's worth. I feel like the game itself, while it has some positives, I feel like the game is a money-making machine and a grind factory. I mean, it is no better than most Korean MMOs in that regard. And I just think that um, I think that we would be wise to just step away from it. And with that, I don't think I have anything else to say <laughs> today. Uh, I got kind of everything off of my chest that I've been that's been bubbling up inside of me for the last couple months. I missed you guys. Thank you so much for spending time with me and taking the time to just listen to my shenanigans and let me ramble and get all upset and uh, you know all that stuff. Um, Give me just a second here. I think I have a little spiel that I can go through. Here, hold on a second. There it is. So, hi. <laughs> the ICT podcast is written and produced by me, Tim Hosey. That's me. Hi. Insert Coin Theater is more than a podcast. It's also live streams at mixer.com slash insert coin theater. And above that, it's a vibrant and inclusive community on Discord at discord.gg slash ICT. If you'd like to support my efforts monetarily and help my content creations uh, become a full-time gig, please consider pledging on the new insert coin theater Patreon page at patreon.com slash ICT. I'd like to give a huge thanks to Andy B, our arcade master level supporter, and our three other Patreon supporters for helping keep this podcast alive and kicking. I know it's been uh, taking a long nap, but it's back, so thanks. If you're unable to support monetarily, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. The positive reviews will help bring new listeners to the podcast and will help the show grow in a meaningful way. If you have any comments, suggestions, questions, or you wish to connect with me, please visit me on Twitter at twitter.com slash insertcointim, 
on Facebook at fb.com slash insertcointheater or on Instagram at instagram.com slash insertcointheater. My DMs on Discord are always open and you can reach me there by DMing insertcointheater, hashtag 6969. No spaces or anything. The music that uh, you heard during the intro is by the amazingly talented Ben Burns, also known as Abstraction. And you can check out his music at abstractionmusic.com. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.